0: That's it, church. We worship God just one more time. God, we love you. God, I worship you. Oh, there's a sweet spirit of the Holy Ghost in this place. God's ready to do something. How many believe God's ready to do something? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I told Sister Savannah... I don't know who picked those songs, but they were just in the same vein I was. They were, those songs, he is my help. That's so amazing. He's my help. Hallelujah. we do I have nothing else to turn to. He's your help. He's your help. It's an honor to be up here preaching in front of the people that I love, my church. I want to thank you, Pastor, again for this opportunity. Um, you don't see a lot of churches with pastors that allow ministers sometimes to get up and do and and portray their burden and let let their their burden come off and I thank you pastor I thank you I know all of us thank you pastor for giving us the opportunity for that it means it means the world it means the world um all right let's get into it so if you would turn in your bibles I'll be reading from Romans chapter (sighs) 8 I do want to thank everybody that's been a part of the harvest I think we've had ninety-five people signed up. Ninety-five people. That's amazing. That is amazing. Thank you all very, very much. If you're at uh eight, Romans chapter eight, verse twenty four. Let's get into the word of the Lord. <laughs> And verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit itself maketh it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 27, verse 28, and he, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I said all things work together for them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I like to pull my text out of verses number 24 and 25 of Romans chapter 8. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that what we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. There's another version I'd like to read of verse 25, but we look forward, but if we look forward to something that we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I've come to preach to somebody tonight about things hoped for, but not seen yet. Tonight, I'd like to use a title that happens to come from a, from a well-known song. You guys all know it, but I wrote this song down in a time of a hopeless situation But God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. When I could not see what God was trying to do, but he knew what he was doing. I tried getting away from this title, but God just keep bringing me back to it. I have felt it was a promise to me, and I hope tonight, hopefully, to bring this promise to you. I've come tonight to encourage someone that your miracle is on its way. Your lost loved ones are coming home. The things God has promised you are going to be fulfilled. Your victory is around the corner. You just haven't seen it yet. If you would lift your hands and lay your Bibles down and pray that God would touch this service. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would do your work. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of examples and stories of faith. Stories of people having their faith tried. Heroes of our faith that were tested in their faith. People that were holding on to hope for miracles that hadn't happened yet. People that were holding on to promises that had not yet been fulfilled people that had to hold on to faith in God when everything around them seemed to be crumbling in the old testament in particular there are stories of things promised that did not happen for years upon years we also hear of stories like the story of Job someone that had to learn to live on hope someone that was faithful to God just like some of you faithful to God But we find Job in a situation that God has allowed. He has allowed for Job to be tested. To prove to the devil that Job was someone that loved him not just because he had blessed him with riches. Not just because he had blessed him with things. But because he had blessed, but just, but Job loved him because he was God. We find in Job chapter 1 that his test would include a variety of afflictions. Like his servants being killed, his belongings being taken from him, his sons and daughters dying. Everything is being taken from him in a moment. But what I find amazing is at the end of Job 1 verse 21, Job declares through everything, the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. In Job chapter 2, we find him facing more afflictions. This time it's pain to his body. The Bible says that he has boils from head to toe. He's laying there scraping the boils off of him. And his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just curse God and die? Do you hold your integrity now? Some of us have been there. Well, we're in the bottom of the valley. And the people around us are just saying, why don't you just curse God and die? we got to stand like Job. We got to stand like Job. We serve the same God tonight. Hallelujah. Job is so torn apart. The Bible said that he longs to die. He's crying, God, it would have been better if I would have just never been born. Everything he has acquired, his family is gone. His faith in God is being fully tested. His hope in God is all but gone. In Job chapter 6, Job cries, what is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should be patient? I see this word patient coming up a lot. I go back to Romans 8.25 when it says we must wait patiently. That's a hard word. Some of us aren't very good at being patient. I'm not very good at being patient. I want it right now. I'm sure Job at this point was just like some of us. My God, how long am I supposed to wait for you to turn this thing around? In Job chapter 17, verse 15, Job says, where is now my hope? And for my hope, who shall see it? He's like, God, when is it coming? When am I going to see it? But i like to stop right here and I'd like to talk to talk to somebody about hope. When you have nothing else to hang on to. And you can't see what God has for you. You got to hang on to hope. You're not going to be able to see it. But God has a plan for you. He knows your situation. He knows your situation. Come on, somebody. He knows what you're going through. Hallelujah. I read about hope. And hope means to wait with expectation. Your expectation of what Hope is, is a big part of this. If you're walking around with your head down, you're probably not waiting with great expectation. Or with hope that your future is going to get better. If you're walking around with your head down and just don't really understand what God is doing, there's no way to wait with great expectation. You have expectation, but it's not great. It's like, God, I, I, hope, I hope you get me through this. I I hope you'll get me through this, but but probably not. I want to wait with great expectation tonight. I want to wait with great expectation that he's got me in his hands. I heard somebody say this. A future without hope is not actually a future. It's just yesterday. It's the same thing over and over. It's the same sorrows with no expectation of something better. I've come to encourage someone tonight. You're a child of God you got a reason to hold your head up high. You can hope with great expectation that your future is going to be brighter than your past. You serve the one that paid it all. Job had this kind of expectation. It's time to somebody stand up and wait with great expectation. He's going to do it. He promised it. He said he was going to do it. He said he was going to bring your loved ones home. I'm telling you tonight, God is going to do it. In Job 19, verse 1 through 20, you read, you can see Job is very frustrated to say the least. He's weary and he's tired. But in Job 19, verse 25, Job declares something so amazing in the midst of all of this. He declares in verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand on the latter day upon the earth. Job says, I know my Redeemer liveth. No matter what devil you throw my way, my God is going to stand in the end. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but God is ready for somebody to stand in the midst of your struggle and say, I know my Redeemer liveth.
1: You need to hold on to hope
0: that he's given you, hope that's not seen, hope that seems so far away. I've come to tell somebody your situation is about to be turned around. Your victory is coming. You just haven't seen it yet. Come on, somebody. Believe in that tonight. Hold on to your hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The story of Job is one of ultimate faith in God. Job says in chapter 3, verse 15, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Job knew that no matter what, in the end, it's God who wins. It's God who will stand on the mountain in the end. The Bible says in the very last chapter of Job, number 42, that God blessed him with twice as much as he had before. I've come to tell somebody in the end, God always wins. In the end, God always wins. I don't know what your situation is tonight. And tonight it might seem bleak and it might seem like God can't come through. But I've come to preach to somebody. He wins in the end. He wins in the end. He always comes through. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your situation might look hopeless. But we serve a God that works in hopeless situations. Hallelujah. I don't think any of us have probably gone through what Job went through. And if you think you have, then you might want to go to Job and and read a little bit. I'm reading and I'm like, my God, again? He's lost his family. He's lost his servants. He's lost his stuff. It's like, you know, when you're driving and your car breaks down and then something else happens and then something else happens and you're like, my God, again? That's what was happening to Job. Job. And reading it, you're like, my word. But one thing I felt that stood out in the story of Job was Job never tried to play the victim in his situation. My personal feeling of the reason he didn't play the victim is he knew God had to be doing this for a reason. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight directly, but I felt this in the Holy Ghost. God is pleading with somebody to trust that he knows all things. He's got reasons and his reasons are bigger than our reasons. His ways are higher than our ways. He's allowing you to go through your situation. He said he would never put more on you than you could bear. But he's allowing it so that you can grow in him. He's allowing you to be tested because he's about to take you to places that you couldn't even imagine. You couldn't even imagine. Hallelujah. I heard this, and I like to use good phrases when I hear them. You can't grow until you soften. And unfortunately, you can't soften if you don't suffer a little pain. We serve one that had to suffer. Jesus suffered some pain. He died on a cross for our sins to bring salvation to the world. And he also did that to bring you hope. To bring you hope for eternal life. We serve a God The crucifixion came with great suffering, but I believe God knew. I don't believe. I know he knew that for great victory to happen, it had to be preceded by great suffering. He died to give us hope. He took the nails in his hands so that you could have victory. He took the nails in his hands. He took the thorns on his head. He died on a cross to bring us hope. I'm so thankful. Can somebody just lift your hands and thank God for Calvary? Thank you, God, for Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle. It doesn't mean that he's not going to test you along the way to you see in your miracle. Many times I've been in situations and I've questioned God. And I've questioned why. And I've questioned God, what did I do to deserve this? You might be asking yourself the same thing tonight. Why do I have to face these things? Can you put up Romans chapter 5 starting with verse number 3? I feel these scriptures give us some understanding of why we have to face tribulation. Verse number 3. And not only so but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation worketh patience I don't know if anybody heard the same word that I heard but it worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope that maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man would some even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What Paul is explaining here is it is your tribulation that builds your experience, builds your patience. And it's your patience that builds your experience. And it's your experience that brings you hope. Hope that makes you not ashamed. I'm preaching to somebody, I know you can't see a miracle right now. I know you're frustrated, but my Bible says if I allow my tribulation to bring me the patience that I need, it will allow me to hope again. Allow me to hope with great expectation of what my future can be. Hallelujah. That kind of hope, I believe, allows your faith to build in Jesus. Hoping like that allows your faith to build. And you put up Hebrews 11 and verse 1. I don't know tonight exactly Who you are in this place, but if you're if you're new in Christ, or if you're a long tenure state, you might you might be asking yourself. I hear this word faith thrown out, and what does it really mean? And how do I how do I have faith? So I hope this verse, these this chapter, this whole chapter is just a just chapter of faith. And I like to use this starting with verse number one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Of things not seen. So I come to tell somebody faith is substance of what we hope for. But if you look in this at this verse, the Bible reminds me it's the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it, it's not tangible, I can't hold on to it. But faith is something you have to hold on to into your mind and in your heart and in your soul from things that you've seen before. Past miracles, past promises that God has kept, maybe from stories in Sunday school of God coming through time and time again. That is the substance. That is the substance that you go back to and you hold on to. That's why we turn to our Bible in in times of doubt or frustration, because it builds our hope. It builds our faith. Back to verse number one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it... The elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When I was studying this, I read this verse in the NFT, and I'd like to read it. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I had something pop out right here that I, I, I just got to tell you. That means the entire world was formed and created by God out of things that were not visible. I've come to preach to somebody, the devils tell you tonight that the things that you can't see, that your miracle's not coming. you've allowed the spirit of doubt to creep in, but I've come to fight the devil tonight. We serve a God that formed and molded the entire world out of things not seen. I'm telling you, he's got it all under control. You can't see it.
1: You can't see it. But my God's going to do it. He's got it in his hands.
0: You haven't seen it yet, but my God sees it. He knows, and that's enough. He knows, and that's enough. Hallelujah. Skipping down to verse 6 of Hebrews. Uh, chapter 11, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I love these next two verses because it it gives us the good reports that he talks about in verse number two. It gives us those faith stories that I was talking about, those Sunday school stories that you go back to. In verse number seven, it tells the faith story of Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which condemned the world, and became heir of righteousness, which is in faith. Can you imagine just building a boat in your front yard? You got to have some kind of (laughs) hope. Lord, I I can't see clouds. I don't see rain. I don't know what's, you're just building a boat. And that's the kind of faith that Noah had. That's the kind of faith that you can go back to. You can say, you know what, if Noah did it without anything in sight, I can do it. I, can, I, I, I challenge somebody just to go back and read these stories of faith in the Bible. The Bible is full of them, full of them. And you're in your situation right now, and you're like, my God, I don't know, you, you've got to turn this around. I don't know if I'm going to see it, but go back to these stories. Hallelujah. Verse number 8 through 12, and I'm not going to read those scriptures, but it tells us the faith story of Abraham. It's probably one of the, one of the most the faith stories. If you want to go faith stories and there's a hierarchy, Abraham had some crazy faith. A story of someone who held on to hope for over 25 years before his promise was fulfilled. Abraham was someone who held on to hope that was not seen And trusted that God would keep his promises. If we go to Abraham, if we go to the story of Abraham in Genesis, we're not going to go there in our Bibles. But God starts to make some promises to Abraham. In chapter 12, God tells him to leave his country and his kindred and everything that he knows. And he tells him, I will make thee a great nation. In chapter 13, he promises to make his seed as the dust of the earth. No matter and that no man can number. In chapter 17, he reassures his promise and tells him, I will make thee father to many nations. By this time, Abraham and Sarah are in their 90s. That's usually not the time you start having kids. But they had patience. It's usually 90, 99, 90. It seems uh, they still don't have a son to be the seed to fulfill God's promises from chapter 13, it seems as if God is just testing Abraham's faith to make sure he has chosen the right person to lead his nation. I don't have time to go on into all of it, but go and read in Genesis about Abraham. His faith is tried over and over and over again. But we find in this story, finally, after 25 years in chapter 21. Abraham and Sarah conceive and give birth to their son Isaac. With the birth of Isaac, God's promise is fulfilled. This is the seed that God had promised. And it would seem if you are reading in your Bibles that that's where the story would just stop. He fulfilled the promise that he said he was going to fulfill. But folks, I've come to say that's not how God works. He's always got something else in the bag. And most of the time, he's, he's trying to take you to places, deeper places. And, and when he's taking you somewhere, sometimes it's not like we want it. It's not always like we want it. People that are, you're trying to get into ministry or you're trying to get into something, God, he's going to test you even more. He's going to say, are you ready for this? I'm going to put you through some things to just see if you would grow. It would seem like the story would just stop there. But Abraham waited. He was patient. He displayed his faith in God. But our stories are not God's stories. Hallelujah. And if you could put up Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. We find that Abraham is about to face this very same thing. Verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here, ye with the ass, and I and the lad will go up yonder and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them up together. And Isaac spake unto his unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Abraham was digging back to some promises that God, he was digging back to some promises that God had made him before. Some of you need to just dig back and say, if he did it before, he's going to do it again. Hallelujah. Verse number 10. And Abraham stretched forth. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and said, and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the, the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast withheld my son, thy only son from me. And verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. I've come to tell somebody tonight, I don't know when and I don't know where, but there's going to come a time in your situation when you're going to lift up your eyes and you're going to look behind you and you're going, your loved one is going to come through those back doors. Your loved one is going to come through those back doors. Brother Bryant, your brother's coming. He's coming in the name of Jesus. Some of you... Your lost loved ones are coming. You're going to look behind you. Your situation's going to look bleak. But God's going to come through. God's going to do it again. He did it for Abraham, and He can do it for you. You're gonna lift up your eyes and look behind you and see that God has got it all under control. He's got it all in His hands. Diana, those boys are coming home. Those boys are coming home.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Oh, y'all, somebody lift your hands and just love the Lord. God, you're going to do it. We believe you're going to do it. Hallelujah. Somebody, there's a ram in the thicket. There's a ram in the thicket. You can't see it, but God has placed it there. He knows your situation. We just got to trust him. We just got to trust him. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to finish these verses. Verse number 13. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the steed of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham, Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By, and said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and the seed shall possess the gates of his enemies and in thy seed shall the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice i don't know who i'm speaking to tonight But you're at a crossroads. And I compel you tonight to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Obey his voice. There's not just a ram in the thicket. But there's blessings for you that you couldn't even imagine. My God works in the unimaginable. Hallelujah. Just hang in there. Hang in there. As I read through the scripture... I just am reminded over and over again that I'm not going to see it with my eyes. I'm not going to see it. It's not going to be tangible. But I've got to hold on to hope. I've got to trust him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 reminds us of this. But we walk by faith and not by sight. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, but as it is written eye hath not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him the bible is saying you can't even imagine what God has in store for you you can't even imagine with your own eye your impossibilities are God's possibilities we serve a God that specializes in impossibilities he works in the unimaginable the question I've come to ask somebody tonight is the same question That God asked Sarah when she was 90 years old. When I said, you're not supposed to have babies when you're 90. And he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer tonight is an astounding no. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. I don't know how bad your situation is. But there is nothing too hard for my God. We serve a God that works in impossibilities. There is nothing, and when I say nothing, nothing, too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know who it is tonight, but in this building that you're having a hard time trusting in God. But I know I'm speaking to someone. I felt this in the Holy Ghost. The thought came to your mind today. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know when I'll see my miracle. I don't know when my lost loved one is coming back to church. But I've come to preach hope tonight. I've come to rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's coming. You just haven't seen it yet. Your miracle is coming. Your babies are coming back home. You just haven't seen it yet. It's right over the mountain. It's right around the corner. You just haven't seen it yet. Hallelujah. Musicians, you can come. I'm drawing to a close. Hallelujah! If you can put back up Romans 8 and 24. Hallelujah. In our opening scripture, we read Romans 8 and verse 24 through 28. And it's a beautiful passage of scriptures that really gives the complete understanding of why maybe you haven't seen it yet and what hope is. Verse 24 says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he yet hope for The Bible's saying, if you see it too soon, you're going to lose hope. Verse 25 says, but if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience. Wait for it. I truly believe tonight God is looking to strengthen somebody's hope. He's just asking you just be patient. He wants you to look at Calvary and see what he did for you. When he saved you by giving you hope for tomorrow. Verse 26 Likewise, actually, I'm just going to skip down to verse 28 that just kind of ties all this together. Verse 28 says, And we know that all, I said all, I don't know what your situation looks like, but he's got it all under control. Things, all things work together for good to them that love God. To them, That are called according to his purpose. He's working it out. You can't see it. But tonight I'm telling you from experience. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep coming to the house of the Lord. Don't lose hope. He's working it all out. Single mama, you keep getting those babies ready for church. Your blessing is coming. You just haven't seen it yet. Saint of God, your loved ones are coming home. I've come to bring hope to someone tonight. My Bible tells me I just got to have a little faith. I just got to hang on to hope that he wrestled for us at Calvary. Pastor preached that message a few weeks ago. He wrestled for your hope by dying on a cross for you and I. He is our hope. His word is our strength. Hallelujah. I can dig back to scriptures like Psalms 37 and 25 that says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread scriptures like isaiah 40 and 31 that says but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint somebody I come to tell you tonight your joy is coming you just haven't felt it yet your miracles are coming You just haven't seen them yet. Your unsaved babies are coming. It just hasn't happened yet. Somebody needs to look the devil in the eye tonight and say, you can't make me doubt him. It's time for somebody to stand up and trust that God has made you more than a conqueror. My Bible says in Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life No angels, no principalities, no powers, no present, no things present, no things to come, no height, no depth, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I've come to tell somebody you're more than a conqueror. You know why you're more than a conqueror? Because you have Jesus on your side. I'm nothing by myself. Jordan's nothing. But with God, all things are possible. I challenge you tonight to put it in Jesus' hands. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and the last. He is our hope. Put your hope in him. He's made your promises. He's not mocked. He keeps his promises. I've come with a burden in my heart tonight. Your promises are coming. You just haven't seen it yet. You can continue standing with me. And you put up John chapter 16, verse number 33. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. John chapter 16 and verse 33. This is Jesus at the Last Supper. He's sitting with his disciples when he's about to head off to Calvary. And he says in verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I said be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I've come to tell you, We serve a God that has overcome the world. I've come to tell someone tonight, Jesus is everything you need. He overcame the world to give us hope. I know you can't see a miracle, but he took the stripes on his back so that you could be healed. If you're new here tonight and you've been looking for that peace in the bottle or the pill, you're not going to find it there. The Bible says the peace of God which passeth all Understanding comes through Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesied about what Jesus would do for us at Calvary to bring us hope. Isaiah chapter 53 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon his head. And with his stripes we are healed. I've come to encourage someone that's lost all hope. He paid it all. He paid it all so that you could hope again. So that you could hope again. Give it to Jesus tonight. He is our peace. He is our hope. These altars are open. Look to Jesus. I don't know what your situation is tonight, but I challenge you to give it to Jesus. Put your faith in him.
1: Put your hope in him. He said it's going to happen. He paid it all. Hallelujah.
0: Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Find your hope. to do something a little bit different right here you're in a hopeless situation but somebody standing right next to you might be in another hopeless situation Galatians talked about us bearing another's burdens brother brother Josiah said it in height I like for somebody that's got a lost loved one to link maybe up with somebody else that's got a lost loved one out if you've got a lost loved one that needs to make it back home can you come maybe right down here can you just come right down here and I'd like for us to bind together. If you've got family that maybe needs to come through. Next, if you've got a situation that's really bad, maybe maybe you need to come up, come up here. And I'd like for you to bind together with somebody else. If it's appropriate, link up with somebody. Link up with somebody else. We're going to bombard heaven right now. Not only God is going to give you strength, but God is going to bring our hope. I'd like for us to bind together right now in the name of Jesus. God break somebody straight tonight Give
1: somebody hope tonight Amazing grace How sweet the sound